Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Uh, we are crossing to our friends over at the BBC to take a look at some of the events making international headlines tonight. We are speaking to Jonathan Fruin in London. G'day, Jonathan. Thank you for joining us. Hi there, Emil. Let's talk NATO, first of all, and Sweden's bid to join that security alliance. Uh, what's going on in that space, please? Well, it's been almost two years since Sweden applied to join the NATO military alliance in the wake of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The nationalist government of Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban has delayed holding a vote on Sweden's membership for more than 18 months, which has caused quite a bit of tension with its allies. But finally, last week, the government in Hungary announced Parliament would vote on ratifying the bid today. Now, it takes unanimous consent from all NATO members to admit a new member, and keep in mind that Turkey had previously been holding out on Sweden's membership of the alliance over concerns about what it saw as Sweden's failure to prevent Quran burnings in Sweden and also what Turkey called Sweden's support to Kurdish separatists. But that dispute got resolved after Sweden introduced tougher anti-terrorism laws last June, making it illegal to give financial or logistical help to terrorist groups. Turkey's parliament ratified Sweden's prospective NATO membership in January, leaving Hungary the only holdouts. They previously accused Sweden of having a hostile attitude. And that's seen as a response to Stockholm's accusations that the Hungarian government's been backsliding on the European Union's democratic principles. But there was a thawing in relations last month when Viktor Orban invited his Swedish counterpart, Ulf Christensen, to Budapest for talks, stating in a letter that a more intensive dialogue could contribute to reinforcing trust. In the issue, Jonathan, of Sweden supplying military equipment to Hungary, that's a factor in these developments, is it? That's right. Uh, there's precedent for this with Turkey lifting its objections to Swedish NATO membership. The country made its support for Stockholm's membership contingent on the approval of the sale of F-16 fighter jets from the US. Mm. Hours after Turkey's ratification, the Biden administration announced its approval of the $23 billion sale. And last Friday, Sweden and Hungary agreed for Hungary to acquire Swedish built military equipment. Now, analysts point out that Sweden has a strong defense industry and Viktor Orban was seeking to gain the maximum leverage from this NATO membership delay. So the latest deal involves Hungary acquiring Swedish-built Gripen fighter jets. Hungary currently leases 14 of those from Sweden and then wanted to get some more. And uh, the two national leaders announced an agreement on Hungary acquiring four more of those when they met in Budapest on Friday. Now, there are a few holdouts to Sweden's NATO membership in the Hungarian parliament. Uh, so it may be seen whether the vote goes in Sweden's favour, though it's extremely likely. And assuming it does, Sweden's NATO membership could be formalised at a ceremony later this week. Well, that's how trade works, I suppose, and that segues us very nicely into the second topic this evening. There's World Trade Organization Ministerial Conference in Abu Dhabi running for much of this week, Jonathan. Um, remind us, first of all, what does the WTO do? Well, the WTO and its predecessor, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, were set up to try and liberalise world trade by reducing export taxes or tariffs and eliminating other trade barriers such as quotas on how much of a particular good can be imported from different countries. The WTO was formed almost three decades ago. It's in Geneva, has 164 member states representing more than 98% of global trade. Now, the most significant moment in its history, perhaps, was when China joined back in 2001, which really opened up the Chinese economy and brought about a revolution in 
and global trade, enabling China to become what many refer to as the workshop of the world. But the repercussions of that are still being felt today. And what seemed like an exorable march towards the liberalizing of trade and ongoing globalization has arguably gone into reverse in the last few years. The pandemic focused minds in many countries and moves were undertaken to bring manufacture of key goods back on shore after years of sourcing things from overseas, because that came under strain back in 2020. And of course, you'll remember President Trump imposed a range of tariffs on Chinese imports starting in 2018, seeking to protect US markets, which the Biden administration has largely kept in place. So if re-elected, President Trump promises a fresh round of tariffs on Chinese imports, which is worth keeping in mind, end up being paid by American consumers. Mm. So what is on the agenda for this week's ministerial meeting and any progress towards the WTO's goals likely to be made, do you think? Well, these meetings happen once every two years, and top of the agenda is a package of reforms to address the way the WTO adjudicates trade disputes. The top WTO court has been out of action for more than four years, with the US opposed to new judge appointments. That means that billions of dollars of trade disputes remain unresolved. Now, there's a proposal on the table towards reform there, but it's thought that progress is unlikely ahead of November's US presidential election. Then there are ongoing talks around fishing subsidies. Environmentalists argue that knocking away billions of dollars of is the most important thing that states could do to help reverse declining fish stocks around the world. There was a deal struck at the last ministerial meeting in Geneva two years ago, banning some subsidies, including for illegal fishing, but negotiators left some thorny issues around other subsidies unresolved. It's thought that China, itself the world's biggest fishing subsidizer, may seek to be given a carve out on fishing subsidies designed for developing members. And then there's a bid to extend a moratorium on applying duties to electronic transmissions. India is among the holdouts on that. The moratorium due to expire this year and if it's not extended analysts say countries could introduce customs duties on things like film downloads so there's plenty for the negotiators to get their teeth stuck into this week yeah um now jonathan it is a year of elections all around the world this year and on friday voters will go to the polls in iran for parliamentary elections any idea what we might expect to see there well, this is the first election in Iran since the death in custody of Masa Amini in 2022, which triggered nationwide protests across Iran. And you remember she was alleged to have not been wearing her hijab or headscarf in accordance with the rules and was being held by the country's morality police. Eyewitnesses reported that she was severely beaten, though the authorities claimed she died of a heart attack. So that's the backdrop to these elections. Meanwhile, large billboards and election posters have sprung up in Tehran and other cities announcing the start of campaigning last week, urging people to take part. More than 15,000 candidates have been approved by those in charge of the vetting process to compete for the legislature's 290 seats, according to the official IRNA news agency. Now, most of the candidates, particularly in small constituencies, these are said to be doctors, engineers, civil servants and teachers who are not affiliated with any political group. But according to reformist politicians, only between 20 and 30 of the reformist candidates who submitted applications have been approved to run in the election. Iran's current parliament elected four years ago has been dominated by conservatives and ultra conservatives after reformists and moderates were disqualified. And there have been uh, some controversial remarks about these elections by former presidents of Iran, Jonathan. Yes, that's right. Last Monday, the former reformist president, Mohammed Khatami, said that Iran was, quote, very far from free participatory and competitive elections. He pointed to growing popular discontent among Iranians. The country's been reeling under challenging U.S. sanctions since the U.S. withdrew back in 2018 
uh, under Donald Trump from the landmark Iran nuclear deal. Inflation runs at around 50% with the Iranian currency falling sharply against the dollar. Meanwhile, former moderate president Hassan Rouhani has called on the people to vote to protest against the ruling minority. He recently announced that he was barred from seeking re-election to the so-called Assembly of Experts after more than two decades of membership of the body. Now, that's responsible for electing and supervising Iran's supreme leader, who, of course, has the final say in all matters regarding Iran. Meanwhile, the Reform Front, which is a key coalition of reformist parties, has said it will not take part in what it called meaningless, non-competitive and ineffective elections. And with about a minute and a half left, Jonathan, the formal campaign period for presidential elections in Mexico gets away, uh, gets underway rather this weekend. Who's in the running? Well, the election itself is scheduled for June this year, and the incumbent president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, is constitutionally barred from seeking a second term. So that means that barring something fairly extraordinary, Mexico is set to have its first female president. There are three candidates, one of whom's male, but he's polling at a fraction of the other two. The first of those is Claudia Scheinbaum, a former Mexico City mayor who's considered the front runner, currently polling around 64%. She's a representative of the current president's Morena party. Uh, she presents herself uh, as a continuity candidate. She's a climate scientist turned politician, age 61, and widely believed to have been the preferred choice of Andres Manuel López Obrador, and looks likely to benefit from his enduring popularity. But analysts say her victory is not guaranteed. Her main rival is also 61, computer engineer and businesswoman Xochitl Galvez, who's backed by a three-party coalition, including the Institutional Revolutionary Party, which dominated Mexico's politics until the year 2000. She grew up as a, poor as a child, helped her family sell street food. Previously said her father, an indigenous Otomi schoolteacher, was an abusive alcoholic, wears indigenous clothing, colloquial language, and is often seen cycling around Mexico City. And then uh, Jorge Alvarez Menez completes the lineup, but he's polling just at around 5%, so not likely to do terribly well. Jonathan Fruin, thanks so much for your time this evening. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.